a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, Glenn Helen Review. Thanks to folks, folks at Fly Racing for making this happen. Please check them out on the web, flyracing.com. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Seven Deuce Deuce, Zach Osborne, just some of the guys that wear Fly Racing gear. And uh, the F2 carbon helmet with MIPS is uh, something they're really proud of, something that's really cool, lots of colors, lots of styles to choose from with that. And it, and unlike, uh, there's some other helmets out there that are custom made for factory riders. Well, this one is right off the shelf and right onto the riders' heads each and every weekend. So please check out the folks from Fly Racing. Also, two Alpine Stars, the Tech 7, the Tech 10, the A4 Chest Protector, just a few of the examples of Alpine Stars continuing to set the benchmark for rider protection. Alpine Stars protects and the folks at Maxis Tires whether it's uh, pulling a whole shot beating your competition, Maxis Tires will have you covered, one of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxis delivers high quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions, if you don't believe me, ask McGrath because he is developing the MXST tire for the folks at Maxis all right, thanks to those guys for making it happen, and uh, thanks to you people for listening, man. I heard a lot uh, of people this weekend at Glen Helen come in and uh, tell me thanks, and uh, you know, tell me how much they listen to the show and how much they appreciate it, and it's really cool. Like, like you guys are like coming up and being like, "Thank you, thank you." Like, you guys are pumped that we're delivering product to you that is entertaining, and, and that's really neat to hear. So uh, this weekend was a little crazy, uh, which is cool in a good way. Uh, all right, onto the show, and now. Let's talk about some Glen Helen. Round two, the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. Some more uh, expected results, some, some funny things to talk about, some uh, unique uh, situations to talk about as well when it comes to Glen Helen. And uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Thanks to Fly Racing, of course, Maxis, and uh, Alpine Stars as well. Uh, first up, my boss at Racer X Online, the uh, voice of the series, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Hey, we've had some good racing so far, to be honest. Um, I think some of it was the fortunateness of uh, Glenn Helen turning out to be a little one line this year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and Eli Tomac getting four bad starts and four motos, so some of it's just good fortune. But uh, I think it's been a pretty fun series. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and Glenn yeah. Helen is always interesting, as we found out after the race yesterday, Why again, and we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do have some stories. Yep. Uh, also on the line from Fly Racing, he was not at Glenn Helen. He's not there, but he still has a lot to say about the race. The Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? I w I'm, not, uh, I'm not upset that I wasn't there. I'll, I'll come out. I'll be very transparent. I'm very happy to have watched that one on my uh, 
television on you know MAP TV and NBC Sports. Great coverage, as they would say in Days of Thunder. The coverage is excellent. I uh, I've not watched it back yet. I watched some highlights. I watched our post race show that we did with Eli Tomac, which by the way Tomac did not want to do, but he did. Thank you to Eli for sticking around for the Racer X post show. Why well, again? You basically you know. No, he did not want to do it. Uh, no, he he didn't want to do it. How do you know? Because he was like, uh, he's like, I kind of got to go. And you just steamrolled him when he said that. Well, first of all, what you did not see, because you were busy talking to the other Cowie guys, was LeBig went over there, and he did an interview with LeBig. So he was already doing, and he was signing like 37 autographs. Yeah, no. He, like a, yeah. The same time he said, I kind of got to go, you went, all right, let's do this. Right. Well, yeah. and we'd, we'd hold them on kinda. for four minutes, and uh, we did. No, no. That, that kind of yeah. is all you need. I, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm saying thank you to Eli for doing it. I don't think he wanted to do it. That's my opinion. Oh, of course he didn't want to. Right. But uh, he did it. So. Yeah, but he was, dude, uh, he, he knows. He was standing in front of the Cowie rig and just being surrounded and accosted by fans looking for the autograph stuff. So once you're in that position, there, there ain't no going going to happen. Uh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. But I see what you're saying. It was yeah. cool of him to do it. If he didn't feel like doing it, he did do it. So I, got, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, I just wanted to make sure. I mean. We probably got a little bit late started because, again, I was, we were talking about Stu with the Cali guys. So. As someone who has been forced <laughs> to do things, uh, I was very mad at a particular energy drink that wasn't paying me a certain year. And I, on purpose, held the energy drink upside down when I was doing my interview on uh, for, like, I don't know, gas card or something. Uh, that, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to do things. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. glad he handled it better than I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, he did. Had he did. Dinner plans or something. Yeah, um, I would think. Yeah. Well, like I said, we were late getting started because we wanted to talk to Cali guys about Stu and the perfect season, yeah. and and all that. And then that was in the morning. We I, I I pleaded with Alden Baker to give Stu one more shot in the morning. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's typical. And, and, and then the discussion went to now we got to get we got him a trainer. We got to get him a bike. Yeah. And yeah. Typical. I mean, look, that Josh Grant machine is just sitting there. Typical day in my life. <laughs> the rest is everybody. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> and why got you did not get the word of the day in? Shame on you. Yeah. Um. This is what happened. I I saw some random fan at one point. I can't remember if it was Friday or, or Saturday morning. And. A guy's like, um, Dark Side's Pony. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, you didn't even have it on the podcast, so I didn't even know that was the word. But when you say them, they stick out so much. I know that's because it's the word. And I'm like, that's cool. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, yeah, that's not good. Like, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't stick out to that level where someone knows it's the word without knowing it's the word. Does that make sense? No, I don't agree Hold with on. that. I don't agree with that. Is oh, there, you don't agree with that? No. Is there, is, so, there, is there a lawnmower going on in the background somewhere? Helicopter. Oh, okay. It's coming. All right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, last one out. Um, so then I realized you had given me the most ridiculous words, not word, but words ever, and I was a little gun shy. Ugh. Did you even Star knows mole. I don't think there's it? any way you could cite it in the show and not have people think, wait a minute. Wait, was What's this a conscious decision? Was this a conscious decision? Like before Moto One, you're like, yeah, I'm just out. Pretty much. I even had my plan and I even went over it with the person that I was going to say was a Star knows mole and he was okay with it. I had a plan. Will Hahn was going to be the Star knows mole. Yeah, I don't like any of this. I don't like and I'm like, I need Justin Cooper to get a start, be in the mix. I'm going to say that. And he was. Star nose moles, picking amateur talent. And he was. I had it all set, and I couldn't He's pull the trigger. He's the fastest qualifier. Come on. 
I know. I had a set. I had a plan set. And, I mean, there was a target, and I had the gun, and it was loaded, and the safety was off, and I just couldn't pull it. JT, what do we do about this? This is not good. It's just sperm whale all over again. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. It's a bad day. It's a yeah. bad day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm disappointed in you, for sure. People love that stuff. They loved it. It shouldn't stick out that much. <laughs> I mean, we're not asking you to do, use a racial slur or, or a swear word or something. But I think you I mean, have to use it because look at look at the success we've had. Chupacabra. Look where that's gone. Yeah, like you yeah. think Chupacabra was a natural fit? Yep. And let's be honest. We, we blew it. We had leopard seal. We had it. It was in our grasp. We had it. We were probably three weeks away from just officially Marvin is going to be leopard seal for life. Yeah. But we had it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he is a leopard seal. I don't think that's going away. He is friendly, but then he's, you know, can, can turn vicious. That's <laughs> kind, of what the, kind of what the MO is of the leopard seal. <laughs> okay, so are we doing this or not? The word of the day, like well, I don't know, like you've yeah. thrown everything into chaos. Yeah, I'm fine we, with it. But I, I think Star, what was it? Star nose mole. Yeah, I feel like that was that was a little bit rough. It was. I I agree with the you a little bit. Like, it can't be that much of a proper noun. Like it's got to be within reason. I think. Yeah, like leopard seal is fine. I, what, what is star the difference? Star-nosed mole is ridiculous. That, that, leopard is the type of seal it is. Star-nosed is the type of mole it is. It's the same thing. No one's ever even heard of it. Second of all, this is basically three words. I feel like if, if one of the NBC you know, bosses in uh, Connecticut, Stanford, yeah. as it were, were watching this, and it jumps out at them, and they type an email and say, what is that guy saying? I don't think that's good for anybody. So I'm kind of with Weege on that one. Like it has to be somewhat natural to the program, and I don't, I don't know how the Starnose Mole would have fit there. Well, Will Hahn would have been the Starnose Mole, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Well, whatever. All right, um, I'm 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 pissed off now. Very disappointed. Very yep. very disappointed um, right now. As usual, Glenn Helen provided. Uh, some excitement before the race and, 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 and at the race and why can't uh, the jumps were a concern before going in. A lot of riders said things at the press conferences. They, uh, they told me things about riding there and it, I guess there was a compromise reached really. It wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say the riders quote unquote won. I wouldn't say Glenn Helen quote unquote won, but there were modifications made to the jumps to make them safer, and it seemed like Wygant, that was a, a happy ending. Justin Barsha told me after the race that it was, and, and Phil still seemed angry a little bit about them, but, I mean, whatever. He's probably not the greatest source. Um, what do you think? Yeah, this was a rare situation. I can't remember too many uh, uh, scenarios where, like, the week up to the race, you're hearing riders even say, like, boycott or you should boycott or something like that because an obstacle is so dangerous. I really can't think of a parallel. Like, there's no doubt we've had tracks that have had dangerous sections or areas where people have gotten hurt. But, like, the we shouldn't ride this track, have you – I don't really remember a parallel. Um, and it – I mean, Glenn Helen kind of does his own thing, which will be a recurring uh, theme in this episode. So I didn't know. I'm like, this should be easy to fix, but I don't know if it's going to be. Um, so yeah. it was a rare united front by the riders. And Davey battled and battled and battled and, I guess, got the jumps cut down. Yeah, um, that seemed like it was. From what I could tell, the jump was doable, you know, doable once. No problem. Everybody could just do it. 
But the problem was once it's a race, obviously the scenario yeah. changes. This isn't out in the dunes. And we were a little worried about A-Ray, but that's just A-Ray, I think, Weege, because he overshot the finish line on press day a bunch, right? But that's just him. So. Yeah, yeah. You, that's, let's not use Phil or A-Ray as our yeah. guiding light here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. JT, what did you think watching it on TV? I thought it was okay. I've always been a little scared, for lack of a better term, of that track, uh, just from my years of racing it. You know, my fear has obviously gone down watching, but I can I can empathize with the riders and, and know what they're feeling. And I didn't think it was too bad for, you know, all of the talk that went on all week and the concerns watching it. I didn't think it was too terrible. You know, some of the jumps by the finish line, I was like, eh, does that really need to be that big? You know, like, I don't know that that's really necessary for, you know, a motocross race to have jumps like that. But, you know, that's that's just an opinion. And you walk through the pits or walk talk to Jody Wise or talk to whoever, and you're going to get, you know, wide-ranging opinions on that stuff. So, for me, I thought it came out okay. Um, I just always question the motives behind it. You know, I, I don't think you necessarily have to own the title of, you know, scariest track on earth. Like, what what good does that do for anybody? I just don't I don't understand the the methodology of that at all. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on that. Um, was there any? I mean, it's just such an iconic track. Why do you need to? Yeah. Put a damper on it with stuff like that. Well, that's you, know, a, you don't need that stuff. You have we, the biggest uphills and downhills on earth. You're in the motocross mecca of the world. Yeah. Why, you know, why do that stuff? Because all that does is take away from the event in the eyes of anyone who, you know, is worried about the riders or actually riding. I just don't think I don't think a track like that needs it. My thing was uh the next motocross action is going to have a blurb. Glen Helen National, the track's so tough riders refuse to ride it. The Glen Helen National Riders Boycott Due to Tough Tracks. Or what that is going to be the headline. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that something like that would come up. I just I don't see the upside of it. It's not like anyone's getting a better experience because the riders are scared to death. Like, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, not no. going to sell more tickets. Yeah. Their TV experience is not going to be better. It's just, there's all, it's just all negative to me. Yep. Um, yeah, what they did, just to explain to people here, the section where they go from the one side of the track, the first hill side, all the way to the other, which is the back side, which would be where the REM track is, there's basically a double, and then they then like singled their way to the top of the hill, but they were going to just jump all the way to the top. So they basically took, I don't know, maybe, who knows, what is this jump, 140 feet or something? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. turned it into like an 80-footer. And... So the jump was still there. If you watch a TV show, the jump was still there. It's just they were doing two-thirds of it. It'd be like doubling LaRocco's Leap if LaRocco's Leap was 40% longer yeah. than it is. But, yeah. as I always say, an 80-foot jump is still damn good. They still had an 80-footer. Yeah, no. Okay. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and as usual with Glen Helen, too, there's MX Sports and, and the Glen Helen people don't always see eye to eye. Things get sold that shouldn't be, blah, blah, blah. Right, Weege? Yeah, it's just so weird. You walk through this vendor's area, and there's just totally stuff that you just... If you only go to Glen Helen, everything looks normal. But if you go to all 12 rounds, it's so obvious, which is the the outlier of the, uh, the yeah. series. They're yeah. just vending and just totally different everything, basically. The rest of the races all feel pretty uniform. I was waiting for someone to come by and say, like, yeah, uh, we just sold that air you're breathing. We just sold the air you're breathing right now, Mr. Mathis, so we need that air back because... Uh, 
Yeah, they love to do that. And uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a fun event for for uh, series sponsors. I can I can tell you firsthand from yeah. that. It's not a good time. Yeah, and I think I think like JT is saying. I mean, you watch this on TV, or if you've been there once or twice, it's already awesome. Like the hills, the jumps that they do have, even if they're only 80 feet, the fact that it's in Southern California, it's got a cachet to it. It's a cool event. Uh, and then it's just like they take like an extra 10 or 20%, and then it goes over the top with everything else. Um, so, yeah, this hilarious scenario, at the end of the day, Glen Helen like sells all these different sections. Like if you want to go to the infield, you've got to pay extra to buy a towel, and that grants you access. And if you want to be in these bleachers, you've got to pay extra. Steve, you only could get around last year, I think, because you got a VIP pass through W Wheels. Like, your press pass didn't even allow you to oh, yeah. no, no, see no. much. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, which is just not like any other race. So, anyway, this year's crazy thing was uh, the track had decided that the moto winners were going to ride in front of the um, bleachers and high-five the fans at the end of each moto. But you can't really throw that in because, like, Dude, we're trying to fit what could conceivably be a 37-minute moto and commercials and interviews into a one-hour show. It's almost impossible. Like, you're only on the air for 42 minutes. So do the math. If a moto takes 37 minutes, how much time do you have for your pre-race and for your interviews? So an extra minute or two of high-fiving is a disaster. So they pulled it off in the first three motos. I guess the winner high-fived the fans, then went to the podium. Somehow in the last one, Eli Tomac ends up going to the podium like he normally would. And I guess Bud Felkamp, who – is Bud Felkamp the owner? Yeah. The owner of Glen Helen, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. He was so mad that Tomac did not high-five those fans. He runs onto the podium and tells Eli to start his bike and ride off. And I'm sure Eli was just in complete and utter confusion. Like, who's this guy and what is he talking about? Uh, okay. I don't, all right. But we're coming back from commercial, and we need to interview the winner or he's not going to get on the TV show. Like, we can't. Yeah. Let him ride off for five minutes. So I guess Feldkamp and Davey are screaming at each other. <laughs> More Feldkamp screaming at Davey on the podium, like yeah, in front yeah. of Eli. Yeah. 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 Because so they didn't like, ride by this section of rate that they, pro- they probably said you will get a chance to high-five the riders. I don't know, for an extra $5. I have no idea. But Yeah, it was, to me, a little suspicious that they were so adamant that you have to ride in front of these grandstands and you have to high-five them. Like, it makes you suspicious yeah. that they said – pay this extra and you'll get this. Maybe not. Maybe they just really wanted those grandstands to get hooked up. I don't know. Uh, but it was a big battle yeah. and they were yelling and then I think there were accusations of we're going to have police and we're going <laughs> to... Uh, Nick McCabe who's an MX Sports guy who kind of runs the podium they're like, I'm going to have him arrested because he's not allowing Eli to do this. Uh, just, just, JT, just the way it goes. JT, uh, surprise level uh, for you on this uh, from 0 to 10? Uh, less than 0. Like negative <laughs> 3. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it it seemed like an insane story, and Eli is just like, "What? Uh, like, like, what? You didn't go through the tunnel and high five people?" Oh, okay. but I won. Yeah, <laughs> what, why yeah I went to the podium. That's what I do. <laughs> yes, I, I I don't know, man. It's yeah. it's so that's so Glen Helenish. Like it is there that that's the only round too, I, and I I don't get it. I, I mean, it's just it's just ownership and management and what they perceive. You know, it's all perception of what's their right to sell and not to sell, and I don't know. Maybe it, maybe there are other tracks that deal with this, but it's the only one that yeah. I, I hear about consistently. Yeah. Oh yeah, Glen Helen. Don't don't ever stop being Glen Helen. That's that's it. That's that. But you know, I mean, look, MX Sports and, and Glen Helen. They fought for a while. Glen Helen had a GP. MX Sports went to Paula. They went to like Elsinore and JT. They yeah. were never as good. They were no, never as I, good. I mean, it needs to be in the series. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's. 
you know, one of the most iconic tracks on earth. I yeah. will say that with zero hesitation. Doesn't mean I like racing it. Doesn't mean I want to go there. But that can that cannot be, you know, questioned as far as its yeah. status in the sport. I just you just constantly hear about these stories and you know where there's smoke there's fire with this stuff it happens yeah. every single year <laughs> I really would have liked to have been there hearing this story I would have really liked to watch all this you know? oh, I, I have some good stories for you I can tell behind the scenes of this whole week leading up to it and it's every year yeah you know, yeah like, yep, gosh yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh. alright um, let's get into the racing I guess let's go Eli Tomac 1-1 again and, and JT Goof, Wygant is such a goofball. He's like starting the perfect season talk, you know, after the race with Eli. And, nah, it's ridiculous. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Uh, wouldn't you have, you know, Eli didn't pass for the lead until like, what, two laps to go? Three laps to go? I mean, come on. <laughs> to think that Marvin or Anderson going. or Baggett or one of those guys aren't going to win a moto is it's lunacy. Thank it's you. ridiculous. I don't, know, I don't even want to hear it. Weege? He kept it alive. What a clutch performance to keep the streak alive. <laughs> Didn't think he had it in him. And I mean, Anderson had him. I'm surprised you're not yelling about it. He's on pace. He's on pace because I know you're big on that, Weege, So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's on pace. If you extrapolate this out <laughs> over the next 10 years, he'll win 240 straight motos. <laughs> I mean, it's just the math. It's just I the just, math. Right I now. just, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Look, so. it looked like for sure. I mean, Anderson rode awesome in that second moto, and he really wasn't, Tomac really wasn't making up ground. And I'm like, okay, he's going to go 2-1, he'll still, or 1-2, uh, he'll still get the overall, no problem. Uh, but fighting for the overall, that, uh, that changed. Yeah. Oh, fighting for the moto win, that changed a lot. Like, I didn't see that coming. Like, for three or four laps, he didn't make any progress. And then, oh, my God, did he make progress after that. Did you guys, did you guys see that stat? Uh, David Villam actually posted it on Twitter. But his, the second-to-last lap of all the top ten, or maybe even top 12, it was mind-blowing. Uh, for anybody out there listening that wants to see it, David Billman posted a, a picture of it on Twitter, and he was six seconds better than anybody else on the racetrack that lap. Six seconds he, better he was than six, anybody else. He was six seconds better than Anderson. Yeah. Than anybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anderson was – he was 240. Anderson was 246. Yep. And then uh, Roxon was also 246 in eighth or ninth place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's not normal for those of you who aren't as, you know, in tune with this as we are. That's not normal. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, no. Crazy. He was – I didn't think he was going to get him. I mean, it was eight seconds for the longest time, and all of a sudden it was – wow. I think it's, <laughs> I think it was like he said. You know, I think he was being honest where he – once he saw him, it was on, you know, that yeah. that power of visibility of the guy in front of you. And if Anderson's hurting at all, it all snowballs both ways. It snowballs for Eli because yeah. all this momentum is like, I'm going to get him. And Anderson, if he's if he's tired at all, it snowballs, you know, in a negative way of like, I, there's no way. Like, this guy's going to get me. And yeah. both of those work against or for each other. And, yeah, you, I don't know about six seconds a lap, but, that, you know, we see that time and time again. Once the guy can see him, it's all, you know, yeah. it, it, everything kind of changes. Yeah, all, all these guys are marking each other all the way throughout the race, you know. And, and, yep. and you, you you see this number one on a green bike, and he's coming. And then you don't see him. You're like, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, Anderson rode well. Uh, like you said, he led, he led laps, and it was a much better second moto for him than last moto, so we won't be debating him all week long. 4-2 uh, for him on the day. And uh, Eli was great. Eli, just the starts, Weed, you're right. Just He's got to... You know, we saw better starts in Supercross, and it was that great that they put in. 
Eli actually said that that was it, and they got rid of the grate for outdoors. Or there's no grate for outdoors. They didn't get rid of it. There's no grate, and he's that's the only weakness for him right now. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? He he was awesome at the grate. Like I noticed every time, probably about great the, on the approximate grate. spot. He was great on the grate. The grate was great. Um, in Supercross, there were some starts that he got where he would have the same jump as everyone, and then that moment that where they were probably all grabbing the next gear, he would just shoot forward. I mean, he probably was the best starter in Supercross this year, which sounds crazy for how he had been in previous years. I'm noticing now he's okay for three quarters of the start, and then about the time they start breaking for the first turn in all four motos, he gets pinched off. I don't know. He's, he admitted that it happened in Hangtown, where it was like 75% of the start was good, and Kind of the same thing. Like, the pack pinches off, and the next thing you know, he ends up from, yeah. ah, he's going to be fifth or sixth, and the next thing you know, he's tenth. Yeah. I think he's, I think he honestly, and, and this is going to be my subject of my column I'm going to write tomorrow, but I, I think he's being more patient because there is no more confidence-inspiring aspect of racing than knowing you're the best guy. So for him, I think when things get dicey in the first turn, I think he's realizing that the only way he can really screw this up is to crash on the start or to have some big, you know, incident that's kind of out of his control. So when he goes in there and things get dicey, I think he hesitates because he knows deep down, or at least he believes deep down, that as long as he comes out decent, he's going to be able to catch these guys. And every moto that goes on, you know, in that second moto, I was watching him. I'm like, yeah, I think he's, I think he's letting these races come to him. And that was way before he ever made that last you know, three or four lap charge at the end. You know, I think he realizes his mistakes of the past, and all he's got to do is just keep this thing on track. Even if he would have went 2-1, that's fine. Like, he's gonna, he's still going to have the points lead. What he's got to avoid is the, the first turn crash, the front brake issue that's, you know, that was beyond his control, but you can't get a 19th in a moto. You know, that hurt him badly. It kept him out of the red plate for several weeks. Um, but I think, if, I think he's realizing that if he avoids that catastrophe like that, He's good enough, and he, he's better than these guys to the point where, in time, he's going to have a big points lead just doing his deal. So I don't know if that's a subconscious thing or if that's actually something he's he's planned. Is like, hey, if I don't have the start clearly, I'm just going to make sure I don't crash here. And if that means I have to check up 10 feet before the apex, then so be it. But I can catch these guys from you know 8th or 10th or 12th or whatever, and, and so far he's proven that out. Um, what I don't know is if Marvin gets a whole shot and Marvin's, you know, 15 seconds in front by the time he gets a second. I don't know what will happen in that case. But so far, it seems to be working. Well, yeah, it, the depth of the class isn't an all-timer right now. Oh, boy. Where are you, where are you going with this? There's... Are you going to have a rant right now? No. No, okay. why? I mean, it isn't. Oh, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's pretty bad right now. It's It's really bad. There's six guys missing. You know, kind of like that would be in the mix. And, and then in that second moto, Roxon and Baggett were last and dead last, and Roxon was in the mechanics area. And, oh, my God. We lost another one this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Craig. Sounds like Craig tore an ACL. Yeah. Um, it's so, bad. It's, it's, it's one of the worst years I've ever seen this early. I've seen it bad at the end. That, that's pretty normal. But this early, yeah. man, it's wow. not good. There's like a clear line. Like, Phil is the line. Phil is the line. But you're seeing guys like Merriam. Man, you go back to, and the, the most clear year I can think of would have been like 2007, 2008, whatever year that Gavin Graysook was running up front, it was the same situation where the top 10 had a, a couple of guys in it that were not 
even didn't even have a ride. Like they were literally riding out of a van, and they were consistently top ten because there just wasn't the depth that year. And I, I feel like that's the road we're on for 2018. Yeah. yeah well, again, you're going to be showing a lot of TV time for some guys. Good for them, I guess. But yeah, they lapped up to I think 11th in the second moto. And that's, by the way, Glenn Helen again, sticking out the longest lap time of the year. So that's basically yeah, that's, the longest track, and they lap to 11th. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, could you imagine if that was uh, Southwick or any of these sub-two-minute lap time Dude. tracks? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Well, uh, but uh, one other thing on Eli, by the way, what's yeah. kind of scary is, you know, he's, he's not the guy. He doesn't give excuses. He doesn't really give you much information either way. It's just not his style. No. But, Mathis, I think you picked up on this, too. It sounds like they've made some huge strides on his bike since last summer. Um, it's not like you ever heard Eli last year say that we've struck, we're struggling with the bike. Like, he never blames that. Just like he doesn't blame his shoulders. He didn't blame doing this gnarly workout before Colorado last year. He doesn't bring that up. But now that it's run, running well, he kind of alluded to it. We talked to the team guys. It sounds like his bike is much better this year, and that's, that's a pretty scary thought if you're everyone else. It might be like, ooh, we were close to him last year, yeah. and apparently it wasn't on all cylinders, and now he is. Yeah, they, they stumbled onto something about halfway through the Nationals last year and made them a lot happier, and uh, they, they made some improvements on that, but that's where they started this year, and it wasn't far off. So they really, you know, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely helped out. Uh, great right. to we see. We've got to slow our roll, though. We've, we've, oh. we've praised Tomac too many times on these shows, only to have it come back and Well, that's why them. the perfect season talk is absolutely ludicrous. This is not Dumb. Ricky Carmichael Dumb. here. Super like, short-sighted, like, in my opinion. This isn't Tim Ferry or Carmichael, like a couple guys like that, you know? Bro, you've, been Eli, on this show, you've been on this post-show before. We're just trying to be as goofy as we possibly can. Of course, Eli, Eli leaves the door open too much. That's never going to happen with Eli's game. Like, he's great. He's a phenomenal rider, but he's not suffocatingly dominant the way, you know, Carmichael or Stewart, where he, he doesn't get the start. He has weird motos where he doesn't ride all that well. Yeah, just all right. Let's just move on. Scenario. Let's move on and pretend yeah. it never happened. It's silly. Um, the talking point that I just made, it just paid off beautifully. <laughs> uh, great to see Kenny Roxon uh, up there. Uh, led laps in the first moto and uh, ended up uh, um, third. And then uh, second moto, of course, he went down with Baggett and a bunch of guys. And Baggett went down in that second moto, had no grip the whole moto on the left side. No grip at all. Um, just hanging onto the bar. And uh, Baggett didn't really go there, but I'd heard from some guys that it, they really watered the crap out of the track. And people were, like, coming around that, that first That was kind lap. of all day, I heard. You know. I heard multiple people talking about how yeah. much they overwatered it during the day. So Kenny crashed with that and had to go in. But, but uh, after the race, I was walking out, and uh, I was talking to Lars. And Kenny walks up and like, oh, I don't win anymore, so you don't want to talk to me. I see how it is. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're garbage, I told him or whatever. But, then, <laughs> but after we talked about that, we... We got into it, and like he said, he goes, uh, I, I, I was surprised. He said, I was surprised that I was able, you know, on this track with, with my hand and everything, that, that everything went that well. And I said, yeah, man, you just got to be patient. And he's like, I know, I know, that's the hardest part of thing. And I'm like, yeah, but if you just, you know, if you're not patient, it's gonna, not going to work out. Like, don't, don't do it. You know, just let those guys pass you or whatever until you get up to strength. And he that said, was crazy good, that first moment. Oh, crazy yeah, good. yeah. No one, no, no one could have expected that. Not even him. I would bet you not even him. Well, that's, There's no way anybody saw that coming. Yeah, that's what he told me. He didn't, did not think it, that was – he was very surprised. And yeah. to go from the second moto at Hangtown to that, but he was also yeah. – he, he said he was also sick at Hangtown. He had a cold. Yeah. So, um, well, but, I mean, just watching him in the first moto, the way – because Eli was behind him for a long time, and that's that was – the track was really tough to pass. Don't get me wrong just watching the guys that, you know, everything would shuffle back to the inside. You could see it was tough to pass. 
But still, Eli was behind him for long enough that I realized that, that Kenny's pace was really good. Yeah. Eli wasn't waiting. You know, Eli was it's like, okay, well, he's going fast. Like, I'm going to go with him, and, you know, I'll figure it out here. Yeah. But it wasn't like... Kenny was holding up the show. Yeah. Like, Eli was just going with him for a long time, which is got to be really encouraging for, for Kenny and I, his team. I guarantee you Eli was like, oh, oh, wait, wait. Uh, not You know, he's he's good. Oh, yeah. maybe yeah, next, yeah, oh, wait, 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 he's still good. Like, yeah. It's, you it's, can you can see when somebody's waiting on somebody and getting frustrated, and they're just searching all over the place, and you can see their body language, they're they're mad. That, that wasn't happening. No. He was just going with yeah. him because Kenny's pace was really good. And, uh, Weed, you brought up a good point. Um the Rocks and Tomac battle that we've been waiting for. We don't get a lot of them. I mean, for years, we had them all the time. Yeah. I thought they were yeah. like the next great rivalry. But if you really think about it, it's been forever because just by nothing more than coincidence, Roxon had three good races to start 2017, and Tomac sucked in those three. And then Tomac fixed it by round four when Roxon was gone. And uh, this is where people say, well, that's because Roxon was in his head. Once Roxon got hurt, Eli got good, which is one of the most ridiculous theories I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's basically been two years since these guys have had a battle. And, I mean, you think about it, they spent years battling each other every weekend, multiple classes, uh, even donations. Uh, so that was interesting. What was awesome to watch when Roxham was doing that kind of reminded me of, like, when Reed had that good heat race in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It was like he wasn't being dirty. He wasn't blocking. He wasn't even probably even riding a wide bike, quote, unquote. But he knew exactly what Tomac was going to try to do to pass him. And he just made sure it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It was the racecraft. And Roxon's always been praised for that, you know, beyond his years. I mean, yeah. we're talking about Reed. You're talking about a, a super veteran. And Roxon's way younger. But, and Langston kept talking about it on the show. It was like going into corners. Roxon would be in the middle of the track. So Tomac is like, is he going outside or inside? I don't know which one to pick. Uh, it, at no point when Roxon was doing that did it look out of control. Did it look dangerous? It looked dirty. It didn't look like dude. He's riding over his head because he wants to win. He looked completely in control for 20 minutes, leading. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yep, great, great job. Hopefully, Kenny's back. You know, um, second moto was good. Like, obviously, he came from the mechanics area, so you know we don't yeah. get a cr- true idea. But that was that was good to see, man. We we need him. You got to think a in a month he's going to be. He's yeah. going to be good. The yeah. series needs him really badly right yeah. now. Yep. We need him in the mix. Yep, for sure. Um, well, what's funny about this deep field is I think people might misinterpret that. The top is good, it, but there's only the top. There are no other. That's it. Well, yeah, and there's the, no middle ground. You have the same four or five guys that battled last year plus Roxon this year, but then there's literally virtually no other factory riders almost. Well, yeah, I, I just mean even Supercross too. I think just the sport as a whole. Uh, yeah. With with Dungey's departure, I, you know Reed isn't on the level he was. Maybe he gets back there next year, but we we just need Kenny back to that level. You know, turning a two or three rider battle into four is a that's a huge difference. That matters a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Marv got second. Marv was uh, two three on the day, but wasn't that good? I mean, I look two three is great and all that. Just he was he got beat bad in that first moto and. Uh, Second moto too, like he just it was he was good, but and obviously he'll take that second overall. But it was a little, it wasn't as good as Hangtown, that's for sure for Marv. I thought he was okay. No. I mean, he, he had the fastest lap in the first moto. Um, did he really? Know, it, it was, he really did. Yeah, he had a he had a thirty nine two thirty nine, which is the best lap of the day. Uh, so I, well, I thought surprised. he showed promise. Yeah. But you know, I I don't to me, Glen Helen is not a great Marv track because. 
there's so much traction, and you kind of have to be willing to throw caution to the wind at Glen Helen. I, I always felt like that. I, I almost felt like I was too scared most of the time to ride Glen Helen very well. <clears throat> so I, I don't think that's a great track for Marvin. I could yeah. be wrong. You know, I'm, that's just my opinion. Uh, but to come out of there with a, a decent day, you know, two, oh. three. Um, yeah. just, I don't think he was thrilled. You could see it on the podium. He wasn't happy. But, you know, big picture, I think it was okay. Uh, oh, for sure, right? You can do that and come away second overall. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barsha, bad starts all day. Kind of had to work up through the back. Had to pass Pike a couple times. Had to pass uh, Phil a couple times. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, I mean, not. I guess I shouldn't say bad starts. Just back towards the top ten. Um, you know, didn't didn't get up there. Speaking of starts, did you guys notice in the first moto, the first three out of four were factory Hondas? Craig, Roxon, and Tomita were one, two, and four. That was pretty impressive mm-hmm. for HRC. Yeah. Um, and that track shows, I think, you know, that's such yeah. a power start of, of all, the whole series. I think yeah. if you've got an engine package, it shows up there. I was uh, I was announcing uh, during the day a little bit here and there, and I, I made mention that the K- TLD KTM seemed to get good starts on this place, and they did again. Sure. Yep. And yep. Uh, and yeah, it's just one of those things. They just have that package. You're right. Um, yeah. So like I said, Baggett was not stoked at the end of the day. JT not happy. Baggett. Uh, no, I mean you, know. you can't really blame him. The, the second moto, you know, I think we would have seen what he had because he was right there. You know. Yeah. Um, he, I think he did a great job to salvage it. You know, with uh, what he get back to eighth. Ninth, 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 ninth yeah. yeah. I mean, from dead last to ninth, not going to look great on paper, but what could have been, you know, you got to you got to live with the good days and bad days. Um, I just don't think he's riding how he wants to. You know, I don't think he's yeah. he feels like he's riding to his potential, and that that's frustrating. No Making grip out to just not be there. How about Glenn Helen with no left grip? How about that? Yeah, it's incredible. I, I was <laughs> I was hoping he would give that one to Marv so Marv could have a matching set after Eli <laughs> gave him the one at uh, Foxborough. Right, right. Uh, Bloss had the heartbreak of the day. I didn't see that crash. Did, did, did you guys capture it, Weege? No. Weege, did you guys miss it? Yeah? Weege is gone again? Uh, I don't know if Weege is there, but they didn't show it on TV. Okay, all right, yeah. So they, yeah, we just had him down. Yeah, so nobody nobody caught that. Um, bummer, it was, it was coming up to the white flag. And uh, he was seventh. So, but Benny's good, man. I, I'm. I really like that kid. I've mentioned that before. I like his family. Um, I'm, I was stoked for him. You know, whatever. He crashed. He's fine. You know, whatever. One moto got taken away from him. Big deal. Uh, yeah. No, he's good. Man, he's been really good. Like he's he's showing why he has that ride, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. It. Uh, he had to go to the Astros truck to get checked in, and uh, there was a little bit of controversy with that because they just wouldn't clear him fast enough. Forrest Butler, the owner, wasn't pumped on that. There's a more of a story there, I think, JT. But yeah, uh, um, yeah you're right. He yep. he he almost missed the moto, the second moto, I guess. So, but he got it. He got it done. Um, and with a bad gate. Oh no, I guess he finished 20 seconds, so his gate pick wasn't that bad because it was right before yeah, the last. Yeah, going and it doesn't yeah. really matter. No, honestly. Um, what else? Uh, Alex Ray got the factory Yamaha ride. Um, I got a tweet. Holy crap! I got a tweet in early in the day. He was upside down for practice at one point. Um, we we you got to jump in here. The clip that oh, they showed, and I, I saw don't know that, if that yeah. was just pure happenstance, yeah. but that was unbelievable must-see TV right there. Well, hold on. Yes. Why again? Alex yes. thinks that you guys did that on purpose. And no, I'm like, okay. no I, look, this is so crazy. I, I should know what's going on, right? But I, same thing, I thought we were watching a replay. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way that in the moment we decided to go find him, 
he got this cattywampus and sent it this hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I, I, I literally was starting to measure my words and said, oh, I need to describe that this already happened. This must be a replay. It must be a replay. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, hey, we got this footage from three laps earlier, and it was gnarly, and it was nuts. And check this out. Yeah. Nope. Yep. That was live. Well, people on Twitter really liked that one. And then Alex is like, it was the only time I got cattywampus. It was the only time. Other than being upside down. Yeah, riding his helmet through the dirt. Right, right. And after after practice, I'm like, dude, you and can't. over jumping the finish on press day, like three consecutive laps. And, and remember last year, Phil was at press day when he just weeded on on the finish line. Phil was watching him right there, and he just went over, oh. went over the bars. I, was, uh, I, I I can't even describe it. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable that he saved it like four yeah. times. Yeah, I said to him, I said, you can't crash like that. You're on a factory bike, and he goes, No, they got all the parts. They got tons of parts over here. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I had some hilarious conversations. I said, I want to keep a running journal of how polite you are to these people and how appreciative and how you don't know where you're, you know, what you're allowed to ask for and not. Yeah. And he's come up with quite a few. It was, it was a pretty epic, and it was only one weekend in. Right, right. He, and, and one of them was he, he, he told us uh, in the morning that he really needed to use the bathroom, uh-huh. but he didn't know if he was allowed to. <laughs> and he was thinking of going for it, but he wasn't sure if he should. Uh-huh. And then, lo and behold, ten minutes later, I see him coming out of the Porta John, and we just start cracking up. And I'm like, "You did it! You could not go in the semi." He he was uh, he he left after the race, and I said, "Where are you at?" And then he's like, "I'm gone." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "I'll come back for the interview." And I'm like, uh, "All right, like if you really want to." He's like, "Yeah, media obligations, bro." So he comes running back. The Yamaha guys are like, "Where'd you go?" He's like, "I was I left." They're like, no, you got to meet with us. Like, you have to talk to us about the race. Debrief. He, he's like, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know. He's like, Shane Drew's like, yeah, you got to fill this paperwork out. He's like, homework? <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, dude. And then he had a, a bag with Monster Yamaha shirts and hats. I'm like, bro, you can come back next weekend. You don't need to just take everything out of the truck, like, the first time, like, They'll let you back in next week. They'll give you hats and shirts. Like it's like he was making off like he had extra bags of clothing. He's like one race deal, right? He was just after the race, he rummaged through the truck and just grabbed everything because it, you know. You know what? I did that. I did that my last race, my last race ever with Husky. I stole as well, I don't say stole. I was, it was you know we were sponsored, but I got as much oil as I could and put it in my van the last race because I knew I was fired. <laughs> You're like sweet. I could have off season <laughs> yep. oil. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I mean, hey, JT was running ninth in a second moto. A-Ray was, so good for him. He was. You know? He was. I mean, good for him. I did not pick him for my fantasy team, Pulpamex Fantasy, uh, and he proved me wrong. I did good not either. Got, I did not got either. got double points, both yep. motos. Yep. I, you know, I was not a believer. <clears throat> I actually really like A-Ray. I think he's, I think he what embodies the soul of, you know, privateer motocross. I think he's awesome. Uh, I just thought he would, I thought he would crash. We did a little. And. We yeah. did a little poll beforehand of his moto scores, and the closest to his moto scores was AC, Adamson Cirillo. Got his moto scores the closest. Yep. So, um, all right, Kyle Cunningham went down, I guess, pretty hard in a second moto. He sounds like he's okay, but he was down for a long time. So, bummer for Kyle. He was up there in both motos. Casey's got a little A-Ray in him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, ben LeMay is going to ride for a different team. But he won't tell me what team. So if anybody knows, just huh. t- tweet me. Uh, he's going to ride a Honda, but he's off the TPJ team. Teddy Parks is letting him go. He'll Maybe let- he could ride for the uh, official Honda team. 
Yeah. They seem like they need somebody. I, I was telling him about that. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> so maybe that's it. Uh, I don't think they put anybody on the bike. I, I, don't, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, not with Kenny. You know, Kenny's back in the mix. It's yep. unfortunate, though, because that one guy with that level of effort, and I guess they have Tamita, too. So that's two yeah. guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Tamita's there. Uh, Chisholm did well, ninth overall. Um, yeah. Chis. Cody Cooper, yeah. Uh, Phil's going to fill. Um, all right. What about, hey, both motos, Aldridge was up there on a KTM two-stroke. Now, again, talk about the field and and all that being thin, and it is. Stank Dog gets a lot of love. He gets a lot of love for the two-stroke. He's got his lobster claws on. He's out there on the two-stroke, and everybody loves him, and that's cool. Stank is cool. But uh, Aldridge was actually really getting results. Like, Aldridge was killing it for a while, JT. Yeah, and with Stank Dog, like, Stank Dog's awesome, but – his best lap of the second moto, uh, is he the first moto or second moto? I have to look at it. Um, was a 303, <laughs> and the leaders were doing 240. So <laughs> right. 23 seconds a lap, I, there's, there's only so much I can do you know, yeah. with that. Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, but Aldridge, give Aldridge credit. I mean, yeah. He didn't finish the second moto off. No, you know, no, he, I don't know what happened. happened. Or whatever happened, but right, he got right. a flat. He got okay. flat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could have been. I think he was in ninth at one point. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was there. He was, he was battling there. with A Ray. Yeah. Him and A Ray were going at it. Yep. Wow. Um, wow. We had Caddy Wampus against a two stroke. <laughs> well, and, and not to. I don't think it's fair, and, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but if you'd have told me that A Ray and Aldridge on a two stroke would be battling for ninth, um, I would have. Something had gone awry in the series. <laughs> if that's what you're going to well, tell me. Yes, JT, you're absolutely right. But we can only report, not you so much, because you're not a really a media guy, but Wygan and I and the media in general, I mean, we can only report on the guys that are there. You know, and I, and I always feel like it's unfair. It's not their fault. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, just, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, but just good job, I mean, Aldridge. It's not their fault. I, I know. Good for them. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Trust me, I was that guy. Like, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I just would have never believed you yeah. if you told me that. Yeah. I think what here's what you might be thinking, Steve. The problem is, we know like we should qualify all of this and say he got ninth, but the field is thin, or or, or, or a, a Ray was awesome, but the field is thin. We we could keep saying that each time, but even though that's us reporting like factual accuracies, it doesn't come across well. That really gets people mad yeah. when you say that. Yeah. Yeah. If especially especially if it's two stroke mafia, if we say Aldridge is getting ninth, but a lot of guys are out hurt. Do you think people think that was cool that we threw in that point, or they think you think it'll be a conspiracy theory where Kawasaki paid well, us to downplay the well, two-stroke performance? And, yeah, media blackout. There's yeah, no upside. Saying, like, to, there's no upside at that point, is I think what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So we want to say it, but we also don't want to say it. Yeah. Who yeah. are you? Who are you going to serve with that? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I think we need to hedge our bets and not, you know, we, we also don't want to be like, oh, you guys thought this guy was awesome and you forgot that all these guys were hurt. Like, we need to also, yeah. you know, yeah, not it's, buy it's, into the hype too much. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's yeah I agree. I, I agree, and I, I'm not yep. the one in this, so I shouldn't be speaking, but I think it's a, it's a delicate line you guys have to balance of reality and also not taking shots at people, you know, when they're all yeah. they can do is race, you know, all they can yeah, do is Yeah, up. yeah, I know, exactly, so. I talked to Stank Dog about Aldridge, and he was like, he said, I hang down. He's like, dude, I give him credit. He blew my doors off. And then, yeah, so he, he knows, like, he's <laughs> good, but Aldridge was freaking flying. But Stank Dog did a 303. Come on, man. <laughs> well, what did Aldridge have? Do you happen to have an I'm sure it was 
Apparently, uh, I think it was that. around a two forty nine or two fifty. I have in front of me. Yeah, for, I have in front of me for the second moto. What, that's pretty good. What number is Aldridge? I forget now. Um, that's pretty good. And I notice Aldridge and Stank, like when they go out to practice, they actually are together. Like they sit there and stage in the other. They go out together. Like it's just a two-stroke freaking brethren. Two fifty-three in the second moto. Uh, best lap for Frank for Aldridge. Stank Dog was three hundred five in the second moto. Uh, Twelve seconds a lap. Yeah, that's that's Aldridge, not going to get you very far. Aldridge has the same had the same fast time mm-hmm. as Tomita, which is respectable, uh, for sure. You know, yeah, just for I mean, example. yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is, twelve seconds a lap, you're really not in the same conversation. Like that's not. Well, do you, you think? Talk about the same. Does the stank go Nancy Kerrigan on Aldridge for taking away the two-stroke <laughs> hype? Well, is Aldridge I don't think so. I think, I think just Stank's a pacifist. Stank's a pacifist. Yeah, Stank would be a pacifist. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Weege, if Aldridge is doing the rest of them. I have no idea. Yeah, but, um, that's a big difference. But I mean, Chris Aldridge was a monster pro circuit rider. Like he's talented. Like he's a good rider. You if know? he stayed off the yeah. ground, he would still be a factory rider, in yeah. my opinion, in 250 class. Yeah. But he, he couldn't stay off the ground. Um, all right, Bradley Taft didn't do as well this weekend as he did last weekend. Uh, he got in the mix. So Brandon Shear, good job for Brandon, 12th overall. Again, really well. Cody Cooper, 10th. God, Bidas loves Cody Cooper. <laughs> Bidas loves himself from Cody Cooper. Um, <laughs> Bidas uh, is a live announcer at the races, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, RV. He's always loved Cody Cooper. RV was live announcing, and then uh, afterwards oh. he walked out and told me uh, just how much he, how much he effing killed it, how much he, people loved him up there. I'm like, oh, you already got, you already got the people's opinion from you. You just literally walked out of the announcer's tower, but you already know you were doing a good job. I was getting texts. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Has all anyone right. ever had more confidence in everything that they do yeah. and vocalized it more than RV? <laughs> I don't know, man. It'd be just like the, the basketball player just calling every shot like beforehand like, as they're dribbling down the court. Like, But the best part is he yeah. really doesn't He doesn't really believe it. No, I think he just likes no. to spray it. He just, just loves it. Spray it. You know? yeah. um, all right, let's, uh, let's take this commercial break. Listen to these folks from uh, Race Tech. Use the code PulpMX18 to save with them, and uh, we'll be right back on the Fly Racing uh, Racer X podcast show. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. PulpMX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. PulpMX18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. 
Fly Racing, RacerX Podcast Show, Maxis Tires, uh, Maxis.com, MXST Tire, coming out soon, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath. They're going to do something mammoth on this tire, so look forward to that, Mammoth Motocross. And uh, Alpine Stars, uh, whether it's the A4 chest protector, the Tech 10, which is the benchmark boot in moto, or the Tech 7, which is the boot of choice for myself, Alpine Star Protects. I uh, love those guys, and uh, and right now they're absolutely killing it. they got Barsha and Anderson and Eli and Cody Cooper in A-Stars gear. They had four of the top ten. Why well, get in gear? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like I'm still confused as to how this even works. Like, are they trying to sell the gear? No, no, they don't care. They got so much money, they don't care. Yes, that's. I'm confused. They send me a bunch of stuff. Like the gear is really good, yeah. and some of the protect stuff you're talking about. I got the Tech Sevens. They have an Enduro Tech Seven, which I like. Uh, and some of the chest protectors, like you mentioned, that everybody runs, whether they're sponsored by them or not. Stuff's great, but I just don't quite get it. I'm like, this gear is great, and no one can buy it. Well, or J- maybe you can. I don't know. JT's going to hang up, so we we got to move on. No, they, they, when you go into the gear market all in, uh, and you are the universally worn number one boot in the world, you change yeah. the equation. And I don't think they are wanting to jeopardize that. That That's what I've taken away from it. So Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, our buddy no, J- no, we, yeah, and, and JT, you're right. We've seen other brands that had like a let's call up our buddy. Scott gear thing messed up Scott big yeah. time. Once yep. they make yeah, it. let's call our buddy John Knowles up and see how that went. Right? Yep. Um, yep. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Stay in your lane. That's yep. why I don't understand why Bidus and RV are started a podcast, and, and RV said he's coming for my shit show. So why stay in your lane. Okay. Uh, 250 class. All right, let's get into that. That was probably the most most interesting class of the day, I would say. Uh, Osborne came in hurt, hurt his thumb a little bit. Um, uh, crash at Paula. I talked to him before the day. He told me that if it was if it was a Thursday that he hurt it, he might be in big trouble. Um, and hard to say how much it affected him. He said it did a little bit, uh, and he had a couple of crashes too. So very unlike Zach Osborne. Uh, but Aaron Plesinger was the guy. I was very excited when Amart was in the lead in the second moto. And I uh, thought we were going to get it done, but uh, Plessinger was good, JT. He was great, as a matter of fact. I mean, that was, that was an impressive ride. I didn't see that coming. I don't know that anybody saw that coming. It's, well, uh, not a Glen Helen, I don't think, yeah. No, no. It's, you know, I don't think that speed or any of that has been the question so much with Plessinger. It's been the consistency. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's had crashes in the past and thrown motos away. So, so far, it's great. You know, he's riding the title hunt and the mix. Um, you know, J-Mart and Osborne as well. They've both been super consistent and right there. You know, Osborne came in with a thumb issue. This is not a track that he likes or expects to do all that well at anyway. Uh, so I, I think the best part of all of this is that we have a real series on our hands with – you know, questions about who's going to win it. I think that's, you know, having that at the top where you're like, ah, maybe this guy wins, maybe this guy wins, title's up for grabs. I think everybody wins in that scenario. He's just going to get better when it goes east, or theoretically anyways. Yeah, but I think you could say that for all of I think you could say that for Zach and Martin too, both Martins. So I don't think you can just give that to Plessinger and, and say that's exclusive for him. This is breaking news here on the podcast. I have just moved Aaron Plessinger ahead of J. Mark. And, oh, and, really? and now, and now, ahead you know, of J Mart, ahead of J Mart for the title. Yes, oh, yes. Wow. Oh, you're, I, on, you're I, on your own on that. One. I just moved him up. I just, I'm out. <laughs> it is, it is Zach Osborne still as the favorite. I have now moved Aaron ahead of J Mart. 
Um, the only thing I'm official on is I'm going Plessinger because he was on TV and he announced his own name and it was Plessinger. Mm-hmm. So I'm officially yeah. in on Plessinger. No okay. more Plessinger for me. I'm out. Um, <laughs> but hey, um, this is interesting. I asked I asked him after the race. I said, "Look, winning a 250 Supercross is pretty damn cool, but to me, ripping off a moto." Start the finish at Glen Helen, and then in the second moto, ripping through the main guys to grab the lead and win the, and go one-one is better. And he agreed with me. Um, that that has got to be a, so much confidence from that day. Why get from Glen Helen? Like what he has got to be feeling it. Yeah, yeah, and from where he was at Hangtown, it's a big, big improvement. And same thing with Anderson. This is why we caution to judge too much from the opening round. Uh, I mean, boy, did he improve in one week. I mean, he got outclassed by Martin and Osborne at Hangtown. And he beat them at Glen Helen. So, and I did tell our new pit reporter, I'm like, you just wait, wait to the podium interviews next week in Colorado, when every single rider says, yeah, but now we're moving east, and I'm going back to Florida, and I'm going to be so much better on these East Coast tracks. I just can't wait. And every single rider will say it. So, who does it favor when it favors everyone the same? So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. can't, you can't give that to Plessinger. That's that's separate. No, no, you can't. Yeah. Oh, Osborne's going to say the same thing. Okay. Yeah. That, no, Get no, me out that, of California. No, Osborne's, Osborne's still the favorite. I'm just saying I'm putting Plessinger ahead of J-Mart in my group. That, that, that's. You know, you really saw – I got a little scared that first moto. Um, it was super one-lined. It was so hard to pass. And I was like, oh, man, we might be in for a long day today because they just could not get around McElroy. They just couldn't. He wasn't riding dirty. He was just riding. And they could not get around him. And then next thing you know, there was like a 14-second gap between Amart and all these other dudes that were behind McElrath. And I'm like, man, this track is one line. And I think a lot of them were blaming it on a little bit of the layout. But also we had some rain in the morning, which was not expected. And the watering, they had rain and they watered it. So I think that if you went outside the main line, you were just in the mud. But uh, that actually made Plessinger's deal a little bit better because he was pretty much the only guy in the class that was able to just make passes. Everybody else was just stuck. Um, well, the troll train, I mean, are you guys coming around on the troll train? Either one of you? I'm, I'm where I'm, I was on troll train. Great rider. We'll be on the podium several times. That's where I'm at. We That's laid laps. We got second. Yep. Great job. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I've no, upgraded right. troll train. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've upgraded it. You've upgraded. Yeah, because that class is traditionally pretty deep, and I think you can clearly see a line. So there was a line with Phil. He's in the mix with those other three, and I don't think you can unequivocally say that about anybody else. And that's a lot of riders that you're saying is not necessary. I don't think you can say that about Savachi right now or Forkner. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Like, they're one, two, three, and he's mm-hmm. 3B. Yeah. Um, and he's ahead of everybody else right now. All aboard. Thank you, Wagon. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah. Second overall, uh, the, my favorite post-race comment was J-Mart calling Alex an asshole for leading. I thought that was pretty funny. J-Mart is really kind of breaking out like a little bit in interviews. I don't know. Is he that way with you, Wygan, and, and Racer X a little bit, or is it just me? Like, I, he is like, he, he makes fun of Phil and Alex all the time. He always, he's pretty honest in his interviews. Like, I feel like J-Mart's coming around as a, breaking out of a little bit of a shell personality. Yeah, I think he is, but I will give you credit. I think he's giving you an extra, like, mm, I put 30%. Yeah. He's giving you an even more of an edge. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like uh, calling yeah. your brother an Remember, asshole. Remember, he did call out our buddy Daniel Blair in a press conference. So yeah. he's kind of bringing it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, That's what I mean. He's yep. breaking out a little mm-hmm. bit. Alex called yeah. him and Eli both uh, last week on the Pulp Show. I said, what do you think they do together? And 
Alex is like, well, they're both socially awkward, so I don't know how that goes. Like after wow. after the, the after they're done motos, so maybe maybe J Mark heard that about what Alex said. So wow, wow, <laughs> they're both socially awkward. Oh, wow. Um, um, yeah, Osborne that crash in the second moto. J- JT could have been worse for Osborne. Like he got a little lucky, he got up quickly too, and everything. Like it was, yeah. yeah. Could have could have been really bad. Yeah. Um, that's not something we've seen from him very no. often. So, for him to get up and you know, luckily the bike was salvageable. You know, there was nothing was wrong with him or the bike, and he only lost one spot. Uh, you gotta you gotta live with that because most crashes like that are much worse than losing one position. Yeah. Um. All right. What else? Uh, J Mart, like we talked about a little bit. Uh, J Mart was good in uh, in that second moto. He could not get by Cooper in that first moto, and he was getting frustrated for sure. Um, but like, yeah, the track was. You know, he explained the track was tough to pass on. We heard that inside and outside. We heard that all day with those inside and outside berms, and for all the reasons you guys just talked about. Um, Savage well, reminds me of a hilarious thing one time where I read in MXA where Jody was praising himself on how awesome the track was, and who knows, this was 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. And I could not understand this, and this this phrase will always stick with me. He said, the ideal track layout has lefts followed by rights or rights followed by lefts. That's the best way to set up passing. However, the Glen Helen track this year did not have that. Yeah. And I'm like, what? 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 Why, yeah. why did you just say that just to discredit yourself? Yeah. And as soon as I saw the animated track map, it had almost Supercross style, a lot of 90-degree turns. And I'm like, dude, this isn't going to work. The 90-degree turns, indoors or out. They, yeah. they don't work. Yeah. Big sweepers, rounded sweepers, and outdoors work, but yeah. there too many places where there's nowhere to go, and then the weather made it a little worse. They could not pass. Um, 90-degree 90, 90 turns are a 100% chance of no passing. That's, that's just fact. Yeah. That's just how If anyone how wants to say, hey, well, hey, Eli Telmec had no problem, I love to have that argument. Okay, then all you got to do is go 10% faster than the best yeah, motocross rider in the nation. Yeah, just go a lot better than everybody, no, and you won't have a problem. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, put LeBron James on a court with college basketball players, and he'll be able to do whatever he wants. I get it. If you're that good. But if you're in the 250 class where these dudes are so close, you're done. True or false, JT, when you saw Gage Shear, number 188 on a KTM, get that uh, near hole shot, you thought that was Andy Harrington? No, I didn't because he was on my Pulpamex Fantasy radar all morning, so I was punching myself in the nuts for not picking him. All right. Uh, I was really unhappy for not picking him. He's from San Clemente. He that's his local track. Um, I was yeah, and then he crashed. Yeah, and Weijin Langston didn't mention it. I was thinking they were going to jump in there. He was running around third, fourth, and then he just disappeared. And I know for them, I know how that is. You're just staring at a at a screen, at a TV screen, so you don't really know. Um, but yep. yeah, he was uh, it was impressive, man. He he passed Osborne straight up. The you know second turn, third turn, whatever, and was going for it. Um, but yeah. yeah, we need more of that. We need more of the local guy jumping off the page. Like, you know, I thought it was cool. Like, even though I was pissed about my fantasy deal, I was like, man, that's awesome. We need, we need stuff like that. The, the guy that no one's heard of leading the pack at his home race. Like that's such a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought we did was... see him get lapped later on. And I almost didn't want to say it like, because it was heroic those first couple laps. And I didn't want to like rain in the parade and be like, Oh yeah. And that guy that was awesome is now getting lapped after leading. Yeah, he crashed the second lap. He went from, like, fifth to fourth or something. Right. And you bring up an interesting point on a local guy. The entries are down. Starting basically last year and this year, the entries are way down at the races. And the number one thing that everybody points to is, oh, the four strokes, man. 
four strokes. They cost too much. And I'm like, uh, they had four strokes four years ago, and entries were much better. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm hearing some people point to, and I think they're right, this is the point you're making, JT, local racing and local, this is my track, and I just want to do the national when it rolls up, it barely exists anymore. So Yeah, it's too hard to get a license. You know, I, and I don't want to say too hard. That, that's not the way I want that to sound. But it's very yeah. difficult to become a professional motocross racer these days compared to how it used to be. Mm-hmm. So the guy that's like, yeah, I've been riding pretty good. I think I'm going to try for the national. You know, like a, a movie script might write up, uh, whether yeah. it's Supercross the movie yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> winners take all. That just doesn't happen anymore because there is a process to become a pro now. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of fit the bill where this guy that nobody's heard of is – you know, I guarantee you if you had a nickel for every time somebody said, who's, who's winning the race right now? You know, you may have at least 2 or $3 anyway. Um, yeah, but you'd have a couple fans on the fence who are like, oh, dude, this is our guy. We've seen him ride. He ran no, awesome. Super cool. Yeah. I, but uh, that, the days of packed 40 rider gates at every local track, and then once a year the national comes by. Just Southwick's the only one. around anymore. Southwick's the only one. Southwick. Yep. Uh, yep absolutely. The days of Pat Botten. But yeah. think about, like, LaRusso in 96, leading uh, yeah. for you yep. know, 25 minutes or whatever. Like, that, that does, doesn't happen, man. We, we're missing that element of our, our racing these days. Yep. And, and even the Glen Helen specialist, uh, Sean Collier, a few years ago. And, and JT, yeah, just Lim- all the, you yeah, know, Michael yeah. Brandis at Hangtown. Right, right. You know, it goes, go through the list. There's always those races. And, yep. yeah, it was, it was a throwback to that. Um, I have a pretty good relationship with Mitch Payton. Good guy. We've known each other for a long time. Would he agree with that? I don't know, but after okay. the race, I said, Mitch, can we do an interview? Because Pro Circuit sponsors the post-race podcast, and I always like to get a Pro Circuit guy in there, and they were all gone, and Mitch said, not this week. And uh, <laughs> we, we talked a little bit. He was not happy. Uh, his team, um, and then he asked me, he said, when's the last time we won here? And, and I'm like, I don't know. He's like, then Bones thought it was Ben Townley um, back in the day. But uh, Forkner... Crash out first moto way back, came from way back to uh, 13th. Second moto was right there and dropped back to 6th. Savachi had a so-so day with a 6-4, but I never felt like he was you know, going to challenge for the lead or a podium in any shot. Uh, March Banks is a rookie, so he gets a bit of a pass, but 7-10 day for him. So, yeah, Mitch, him, no no interviews allowed after the race. Mitch, not, not, not stoked. He's like, and he kept saying kind of like, uh, we, were, you know, we were talking about different guys, and he was like, it's on them. It's on them. They got to do it. They got to do it. So he was frustrated. I think, from what I'm hearing, there's a little bit of confusion over this Forkner injury from Hangtown. Um, I don't know if the team is fully understanding of uh, what happened. Nobody's buying the start hook into the ribs. Right. Like, right. literally, no one in the pits is buying that. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, and that's not the truth. Yeah. But everybody yeah. that I talked to, and I asked if you're around a little bit, they're like, what? So that's all. I, I yeah, and I talked to Porter about it. I mean, he you could put his hand in the Bible. He says that's what happened. Okay. But you're I would have right. believed it. Strange. Mm-hmm. I would have believed it if I didn't see that Paula video. I don't think you should have posted that. Because he's <laughs> jumping one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen two days after right. you know, he has this injury. Right. Well, maybe he can put the rib in. I don't know. but uh, oh. uh, yeah. I theorized on the show, and I was a little worried. I thought I was putting it out there. Like, he and Savachi got passed. And, again, the results weren't terrible. But they were just not quite as good as the other five guys. And I said, I'm like, man, if you're Mitch Payton, he's you know a legendary team owner in this sport. He accepts, you know, he expects greatness. He's probably not happy that these guys are where they are right now. And Langston did not respond. Langston just didn't say anything. And I'm like, 
I'm going to just hedge my bets and think that Mitch would agree with that. So I'm glad actually to know that he does. Yeah, I was not stoked, not happy. Um, yeah, I, I kind of figured. Um, Shivachi's just just kind of going through the motions a little bit. I feel like he. I, I've said it. I've written it. I, I think he needs a change, man. I don't know what. Do you, but. Th- do you think that he will will show back up at Thunder Valley? He was he was incredible there last year. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was in yeah. Japan at 2 a.m. watching TV, mm-hmm. so I was half awake anyway. But what I remember, he was incredible. Um, I'm waiting for Sexton to get a start. I'm really I'm a Sexton guy. I'm a fan. He didn't. I don't know what his results were. I don't have it in front of me. But I didn't see him this weekend very much. No, he started uh, 19th and 10th and got 10th and 8th. Yeah, that's that's a that sounds about right. I just man, I I, I expected more, and I think we'll get more. Um, but yeah, just I guess ten eight if is an off day. You're not doing too terrible, but um, I th- I think we're going to see him on the podium this year sooner than later. Yep. All right, Weech. Thanks. Thanks for the offering. Thanks for that talk. Um, What'd you say? I don't know. What'd you say? Um, what was your question? Nothing. It was oh. a statement. I just needed you to chime in, but there was nothing. Um, yeah. Look, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, Shane McElrath didn't have a good day. Not at all. Faded. Nope. Did we get to the bottom of what happened? Did anybody know? Weesh? Did you ask anybody? No, I didn't. I didn't make it over there. But um, very unlike yeah. McElrath. Very unlike McElrath to do that. Well, I think so. But remember when he won um, the Salt Lake? That was a really impressive ride. He won Salt Lake, yeah. right? And I went back on the rant of like, isn't it weird that Sabachi and AC and Plessinger and Sexton and all these guys are like, oh, they're going to be great 450 riders somewhere down the road, and no one says it about McElrath, even yeah. though he battles them on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I did hear some people say, yeah, but he sucks outdoors. That's why he doesn't get considered on their level. He doesn't suck then, outdoors. I, I know, and you argued that. I, I, before we were on this call, you were arguing that point, that he doesn't suck outdoors. Um, but as I was watching him struggle, I'm like, ugh, yeah. this is the point some folks are trying to make right here. Yeah. Um, Jordan Smith crashed, I guess, first lap both motos. So rough day for him. Uh, Martin Costello has had good motos here, the first four motos. Good job for Costello. Uh, yep, nice work. Yeah, that is that yep. does stick out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been riding well. Um, he's, uh, where's he from? Uh, Ecuador. Mex- Ecuador. Ecuador. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, Anyone else from Ecuador? Nobody I can think of. Oh, okay. No two fifty veterans. Why don't they have a this nation's team? We got they got two already. They're set with two. Oh, yeah. They just need a third guy. Like it's, uh, it's fairly expensive to go to that event. Yeah, but now we got Redbud. Yeah, I, be- so, I bet they'll show up. Yeah. Um, Marty? Outdoors? Marty or Redbud? I mean, I don't know. What if Marty comes out oh, on boy. a 450 in the ride of his life, goes 1-1 against the best in the world, and just says, suck it? I mean, He's I... not going 1-1. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on record. He's not going Look, man, the nations is filled with these rides. I'm just Paul glad... Paul this is Danny Magoo Chandler. It's going to be Davalos. Uh... I'm just as long as Hurlings is still healthy and breathing and showing up, he ain't going one one. <laughs> I'm glad we got a Stu and a Marty reference in this pod, though. I'm glad that we got that. Yeah, in. I was kind of angling for that. Right, we, we've 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 and Hurlings. Che- we've we checked Hurlings into. We checked that box off. <laughs> um, Enzo Lopes struggled a little bit. I'm not surprised, uh, JT, for all the reasons that you've been writing about this week and I've been talking about. Sort of, Glenn Helen is its own animal, and uh, Lopes doesn't have a lot of success there. I got it. Instagram message from somebody in Brazil that said you have to call it Lopez. It's Lopez. And then I said to J-Bone, 
you know, J-Bone being J-Bone, I'm like, hey, it's Lopez. I got a, I got an Instagram from a guy in Brazil. It's Lopez. He's been, and J-Bone's like, no, it's not. And then he actually texted him right there. And then um, Enzo said, no, it's Lopes. So. Yeah, well, that guy can suck it then. Yeah, that, the Brazil guy that sent me the DM can suck it. It's not Lopez. So. We need to get Lopes in there to do the, uh, hi, it's Enzo Lopes. You're watching Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. Because as JC says, that's the only way to really know. Yep, yeah. I'm, I'm all in on yep. Plessinger. Nope. Um, all right. Anything else? 250 wise, uh, Challen Tennant showed up, rode well. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, Justin Hill. He's the one who actually had the ride taken away from him by Justin Cooper, not Hartrath. Nope. That's not what I was told. Um, uh, Cooper. Where are we at Justin Justin Cooper? Like, I think Justin Cooper, this is, this is something. I feel like this is something. JT. Justin Cooper, I'm all in. He's great. Yeah, he's going to be good. Really good. Yep. 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 I am worried, though, that Justin Cooper is going to take away from the Chase Sexton hype. I don't want that to happen. So far it is, though. So far it is. Well, I mean, you can't go 10-8 and expect to have any hype. So what do you want? Oh. I'm just saying. Uh, No, I, I, I agree with you only because Sexton's not doing it if sexton was leading races and having the fastest qualifying time you would have sexton hype yeah i know i know but i i, I don't want people to forget about sexton and, and go well, on, on this cooper I kid they, yeah. i don't think anybody wants to right just, but well stop. you gotta run up front man like stop. 10 eights 10 eights a good finish nothing wrong with it yeah but you're not going to get headlines with it well don't worry how this sport works he'll be there soon and then no one will remember anything about cooper i agree with you i think sexton he is going to be one of the 250, you know, winners, champions, blah, blah, blah. Right. Board. Uh, JT, what else were you going to say before Wygant started talking about Cooper? Oh, I was just saying I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of Justin Hill. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. Um, I mean, he, he didn't quit. Uh, McElrath was all over him. Yeah, second moto. Second moto. Yeah, yeah. And he fought him off. And he passed Lopes to second moto at Hangtown when he didn't really have any real reason to other than just want to. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. His, his results aren't great, but he's trying. So I don't know well, what to do with that. There was a certain Supercross and Motocross champion that had just finished announcing and and was talking to J-Bone about mm-hmm. Hill. Yep. And, I mean, this is kind of goes back to one of my pet peeves. Like, J-Bone is just like, we hired him for Supercross. We hired him for Supercross. It's true. And, and yeah, I know you don't like that. I, I, that's just it's so ridiculous. But Tell he, him to stay that's, home? Is that's, that what you want to do? Well, just, okay, then do not pay him for outdoors. Just, do, just say stay home. I don't think they can just not pay him. Well, like I think he's going to have something to say about well, What that. kind of world are we living in when that when that happens? Because JT, a contractual world if, with litigation if you don't pay somebody. What if you told Craig Shoemaker at WPS, hey, I'm only working mornings. I'm only working in the morning. I'm going home at 1. Like, that doesn't work. Well, I would get fired, but that's in my contract. I have hours I have to work. I mean, he's doing his job. He may not be doing all that great, but it's not like he's breaking the rules of his contract. Ah, uh, you're right. It's not exactly an apples to apples comparison, but yeah, um, you know. I mean, he didn't get 28. He got 11th. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. Sakamoto. It wasn't yeah. the end of the world. No, no. Yeah, I, just, I don't know good. where we're at on it. Like, I, I think he's capable of more than that. He's been a podium level guy at this race specifically. So I just, I don't know what to make of how this summer is going to go yet. It's been a little strange. Like his effort level looks like it's there during the race. Like he could have easily succumbed to a couple of these guys, but. I don't know what he's doing during the week or if it's equipment or I don't know what it is. I don't know. 
I just think he, Couldn't you see him just randomly, like, twice, just getting a good start and then just getting, like, fourth, and you'd be like, oh. Yeah, and yeah that's, where I, that's, what I, yeah. that's where my confusion comes in. I don't know what to do with right. it. Right. You know what? This is the crossroads we are at now. I think before every team cared about outdoors because ultimately these were teams that were paid for and run by the manufacturers and they sold motocross bikes and they know that outdoors help sell bikes. And more importantly, it's just what they do. This is just a series we race. We don't care about numbers or attendance or TV ratings or hype or anything like that. It's just what we do. We race for AMA titles, and that's what our Japanese bosses told us. And we've now entered this era where we have some of the teams, our private teams. And if you're a private team like JGR, I'm sure you can look at numbers and say there's more Supercross races, there's more fans at them, and the TV ratings are bigger, so we're going to care about that way more. And... It's just a completely different model than what we're used to in this sport where the numbers were never – Honda doesn't look at numbers to decide to go racing. They go racing because they want to win. So it's just a bit of a square peg in a round hole when you get to outdoors. That's what I think. All right. Yeah. Um, you're JGR, you're trying to make sure Auto Trader keeps paying the bills. And right. there's more bills going to be paid for Supercross. Okay. Are we, um, yeah. we going to do the word of the day? Yeah, just don't make it ridiculous. Like yeah, you purposely typed in weird words. You purposely did that. I just thought leopard seal and star nose mole were close to the same, and we had fun with leopard seal and chupacabra and everything else. No. Okay. What three, about three words? Okay. How about uh, truculent? Done. Yeah, I like, I like that. That's tough, tough to get in, but also not jumping off the page where we're just going to get in trouble. Truculent is the word of the day, and I got it from. Uh, Hockey. There was a general manager that always loved to say the word truculent, and so it was pretty I think fun. Weech may be back out now. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of, I, yeah. I didn't get word of the day in, but I wanted to kind of grease the skids on this rough landing a little bit. So I did reference a certain couple that I know that lives in Vegas. Yeah, I heard this. I very excited about the Golden Knights during the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's all I had to do for you. Yeah, yeah, I heard this. Uh, I told uh, my wife about this, and she wanted you. She was still not happy. She wanted a Go Knights Go, or she wanted a particular reference to her particular. She wanted her name. Yes, said. yes. She yes. wanted me to say Pookie on the air. Right, right. But <laughs> I said, listen, babe, just take it. Just just take it. So, um, What if we made word of the day Pookie? I mean, that would be a tough one Ooh. to get in. Ooh. I think, that, I think we have to use that. I think we go with truculent, but I think Pookie would be a good one. Okay. We got um, nine more rounds after that. And by the way, so what I said on the air was I know a couple in Vegas that is Golden Knights fever, and they've spent a just exorbitant amount of money yeah. on hockey tickets. But Matthew none of their Bassett Bassett will now go to college. Yeah, none, none, yeah. exactly. The Bassett's college fund is gone. So <laughs> Now, Mathis has been coy with me personally. JT, I don't know if he's revealed to you in private how much he's actually spent. He, he knows no. better than to tell me. No, he, he knows he can never reveal this information. No, I, I, I was specifically told at dinner on Friday night by my wife, do not tell Watt Weege how much we have spent. <laughs> he will have a seizure. That's what she said. He will have a seizure. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you did tell somebody. You told somebody. I did, yeah. You told my TV producer. He told you? So, Yes. Yeah, so when I referenced it, oh. he told me how much you've spent. <laughs> and then I almost had a seizure on the air. Bondo. Bondo almost started causing yes. the show to stop. Bondo's like, you have to factor in. They bought plane tickets to fly to D.C. Yeah. for game six. And I'm like, yeah. oh! Yeah, like we're throwing up. We're going, we're going to game six in D.C. the week after Lakewood if, if it goes six. So. so it's not just game tickets. You've had to buy plane tickets yeah. for this. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah, that was it. You almost witnessed just a live death on the air. Like, just, he's done. He but, died. But I will say, JT, I lived like Wygant this weekend. He let me stay in his room Friday night. Zero cost to me. And then we went out to dinner, and Carrie Coombs, Davey's sister, bought dinner for us. I, nice. I had a All nice right. dinner for free. I stayed for free in a room. Yep. Like, it was full Wygant-ish. String a few of those together, and you'll offset some costs, and you're back in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So yep. uh, I lived like Wygant. It was glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Craigs, Christian and Paige, said that I should do a vlog next year of – not ever paying for a hotel room throughout Supercross and make it a thing. Like, stay with privateers, stay in vans, stay at rando houses. <laughs> that actually would be really good. Yeah. And yeah, at first, some people around being like, that's stupid. I wouldn't watch that. And then as we started explaining no. potential scenarios, they're like, actually, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I would watch that for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, Glenn Helen down. Lakewood coming up this weekend. And, uh, and then we get a break. Um, so... Truculent is the word. Good luck with that, Wygant. Uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. We love those guys. Uh, Max is an Alpine Stars as well. And uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Thanks, boys. All right, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. 
I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, as the day-